Welcome back. I'm Carolyn Stain, and you are listening to Classic Lunch, proudly brought to you by First for Women Insurance here on Classic 1027. I've been chatting to some really dynamic women here on Classic 1027 during Women's Month, and I'm very, very excited about today's guest. She's the first black South African woman to conduct an orchestra. And not only that, she has also established her very own orchestra. And all of this, can you believe it, at the age of, well, she's just turned 28. I'm talking about South African musician Offense Pitse, and she's on the line right now. Hello, Offense. Thanks so much for joining me here on Classic Lunch today. Good day, good day, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing. It's an honor to have you on the show. First things first, Offense. What made you decide yes. to become a musician? I see your grandfather was a trumpeter and a conductor, and I suppose that must have been an inspiration. It must be in the genes. Yeah, I, I think it definitely is in the genes. Um, even though my granddad passed away when I was two years old, so we never really got a chance to talk about music or exchange our playlist, but um, I would have loved for that to happen. So the music interest started when I was 12 in, in church, and then I just got interest, um, interested rather in, in wanting to be part of the band. And, um, you know, after the first rehearsal, went to first rehearsal, and then I was like, okay, this looks like something I would really like to do. So after that, I just tried to get better and better. And the after school, I would go to church, spend a few hours there, like each and every, almost like three times a week, I was at church trying to better myself. So the love really came from that and um, band rehearsal, looking at the various music that we were given or the various music that we we played. And that, um, you know, sort of like segued into me listening to classical music. Um, even Classic FM, it was, it, was, it was my preferred station when I was studying. Oh, good. In, in, um, yeah, when I was studying at school um, and spending long hours, you know, it, it used to be my preferred station for, for classical music. So I think really that's where it comes from. But the, the root of it all, I would have to say, has to be my granddad. Okay. Now, you know, I have a particular fascination with conductors. I really, really do. And that, I think it started about three years ago when I actually, me, Carolyn, conducted the Johannesburg Festival Orchestra, not once, but twice. But when I say conducted the orchestra, I conducted one piece, Dance of the Little Swans Mm -hmm. by Tchaikovsky. And since then, you know, I'm fascinated when I go to the Linda Auditorium and I watch conductors. Mm -hmm. For me, it was the biggest bungee jump of my life. Now, coming back to Offense, um, we are very used to seeing men up on the podium conducting the orchestra. Has it been difficult for you as a woman getting to where you wanted to go? And what would you say was the biggest stumbling block for you? Because you've really reached particular heights in your career. Yeah, it, it, if the whole concept of dealing with a lot of prejudice when it comes to being a woman in, in very male-dominated industries. It started from, from church, I would say. I mean, the, the, the brass band in church had a lot of guys. There was no woman um, at the time. So it was quite a challenge for me to even, you know, want to be part of the band, which meant I had to work extra hard to earn my seat. So, um, because obviously you have these guys who are very confident, you know, they can play, um, they, they can play a pergios, you can, you know, you, you just give them a piece or any solo, they, they just embody it. So for me, it was trying to find my place there. And then moving from there, then 
studying architecture, which is also very male-dominated because when you get to site, you only see a lot of men. Um, and, you know, you, you have to deal with proving yourself or having to know more knowledge than they do so that they don't catch you, they don't catch you um, off-site, rather. So for me, you know, coming into the orchestra, the music, I think I had already had a base in, in terms of um, how do I approach it. So I wasn't timid, you know, I wasn't um, timid or intimidated because I knew what I was getting myself into. But it's a huge uh, bungee jump, like you were saying. And for you to even have conducted Tchaikovsky, who is one of my very, very, like, top favorite um, orchestrators, and, you know, he's he's one of the classical greats, is, is a great thing. And as, as a woman, you know, when you hear such things, it shows the, I think, the limitless power we have. So for me, I always challenge myself. So your Tchaikovsky's, your Vivaldi's, your um, Shostakovich and and all of these great or very hectic um, complex pieces or arrangements are are the ones I look to or or look at doing because I know that my male counterparts wouldn't expect a woman to do that but it's also for me to prove to myself that I can um, put in the hard work so it's also a great exercise that we go through myself and my conducting mentor and, and, and coach, um, Corbin Gruten, who knows a lot. So for, for him to even have agreed to coach and mentor me was an honor. So um, he doesn't treat me like I'm a girl or anything. We, we go for the hard music. You've inspired so many young South African women, but I want to know who is the fearless woman that inspires Afense Pitse? I would have to say my mother. Um, my, my, my mother definitely... You inspired me from, from the umbilical cord, I would say. <laughs> you know, the, the, the many strides and the many obstacles she, she went through um, in order to succeed, in order to get an education, you know, in order to um, prove that she deserves a seat at which, whichever table she's creating. So my mom was very confident. There was never a time there was something that was impossible. So even for me, looking at that, um, she would always ask, okay, what do you want to do? Okay how much does it cost even though we we could not afford it but for me that type of faith that she had and she never believed in anything not being able to get done so seeing that and you know walking on the shoulders of of a giant there was no way I couldn't have been great from very young even the schools that I went to were the type of schools that you are told that coming from this type of environment or coming from you know the neighborhood that I came from you you don't make it out or you don't make it in those schools. And I made it into, into those schools and ended up even doing great in those schools. So it was because there was never a, a um, sort of like a stumbling ball, a block at home with being told what I need to be or what I shouldn't be. It was always, okay, what do you want to be? And there was never, a, okay, that's impossible. There was a time I wanted to be a dolphin. Um, <laughs> there was a time I wanted to be a mermaid. You know, my mom never said that's impossible. She was like, okay, maybe how about maybe how about you draw first? How about I get you a sketchbook? So that allowed me to dream. You know, the fact that I had that type of support, it allowed me to dream further than you know my wildest dreams. So I, that's definitely where where I get that the superpower. Wonderful. Offense August, as you know, is Women's Month, and one of the biggest problems that we have at the moment here in South Africa is the issue of gender-based violence. As a young woman, how do you think we can try to solve this? With the issue of of gender-based violence, um, you know, I remember I was at two years, not two years ago, um, in 2017, I was at the the funeral of um, the late um, Karol Mugwena. So Karol Mugwena, you know, the, the story I remember when it came out, 
she was she was um, a victim of um, abuse and femicide. And I remember just being in the funeral and then just saying to myself, um, what can I do to try to stop this cycle? And from there, I had, you know, I had been thinking about the idea of starting a youth orchestra, um, a youth choir actually at the time. And then I was, it, it was one of the things that made me want to, participate or stand up and say, okay, this far and not further. And then from there, I was like, okay, guys, this is what's happening. Because for me, I felt like if I could impart some knowledge on the young men in the, in the, in the choir and the young women as well, um, maybe it would help. So I started just the way I was and it was like, okay, let's have a rehearsal. And then when we met, we, we started talking about these issues and um, just trying to find out, okay, why, why do you think um, um, men, um, beat up woman or why do you think you know the anger comes from so coming from there and understanding that some of them come from homes where um you find that the uncle you know was an abuser and the father is an abuser or whatever mm-hmm. and for them or for me was okay how do we change that narrative and without being too far-fetched so for me it was trying to create an environment where i can facilitate them wanting to be better you know so i think for me, it's, 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 it's a whole matter of starting where you are because obviously Rome cannot be built in, in a day and in as much as we may want drastic things to happen where men change or young boy child um, boy children change, it, it's going to take a, a, a bit. So we need to start where you are, whether it's your cousin, whether it's your son, whether it's your grandson, whether it's your nephew, you just have to start there and try to, as for me as a woman, is try to, um, even if you're just showing them how they should treat a woman, um, I think that goes a long way. It's what I've seen with, with, the, with, my, um, with my choir is that I started in 2017 and I was like, okay, how can, they, how can I mentor them or talk to them into um, being better people, you know, better young men. So, yeah, that's, that's for me, I think, is what can work. Let's come back to Offense Pitse, which I think this is such an incredible thing. I mean, you're 28 years old and you've established mm-hmm. your own 40-piece orchestra called Anchored Sound. Tell us a mm-hmm. bit more about that. Well, you know, Anchored Sound started as um, a choir. So, you know, like I said, 2017, I, I had had this idea coming from or looking at being part of concerts that were, it was part of this, this, um, this initiative called Sasuke. So now it's, it's, it's rebranded to the um, Petrus Mosepa I set for it, where schools compete on um, regional, national, and um, I think it's also regional, local, and national levels. And, the best of the best schools are given like these um, songs to do and then they just come compete. So this is from like grade eight, this is high school, so from grade nine actually until matric. So I went to these competitions and I would see these young people embody the sounds of, you know, your Puccini, your your Bach, your Ligas Kumar, your Princess Margot. And for me hearing that, um, I also wondered, okay, where do they come from? Because it didn't make sense for me to to see them being so young, but being able to hit the high note like um, like like Pavarotti. So I wondered who they were, where they came from. So after a while, I was I, I just wanted to um, ask that we meet on a Saturday, and then I was like, they must just write down who they are. They are first introduction to music, what their dreams are, and where do they want to see themselves, basically, with, with regards to this music. And um, the common denominator in all of these little profiles that they wrote for me was that 
they all wanted to get an education. They wanted to perform on world stages, and they also wanted to prove to, to their fellow peers that it is possible to dream out of the ghetto. So those three things were the three things that pushed me to say that, okay, these, this, these three things are influencing how I move. So then I tried to contact people that I knew, even on social media, to say that, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, I need advice. So these were like entrepreneurs, people who have their own foundations, people who are philanthropists. So they would write back and so help me form some sort of concept document of, okay, what is it that you're doing? Why are you doing it? And how far can it go? So from that concept document, I moved accordingly. And then last year, I had this grand idea of saying that, hey, I've never seen um, an orchestra, you know, an all-black orchestra um, at that. So for me, it was just about representation because it's something that I had never seen. So a um, after doing a bit of research, I just wondered that, okay, I haven't seen this, but I don't know anyone else who's going to start. So I was like, okay, let me just start where I am. So the first rehearsal started with, I think it was just six musicians, and this was just bra- the brass section, right? So after the first rehearsal, I was like, okay, guys, this this is great. Um, how far can we take it? And only found out that they also had the same dreams of um, wanting to stretch themselves as creatives and also wanting to see, you know, from the communities that they come from, which is Gatlehong, Soweto, Tembisa, see their fellow musicians also being represented, like, in such a, an elite platform as an orchestra, you know, like the orchestra setup. And then from that next rehearsal, it was like, 19 of them, then the next it was 20, and I was like, okay, how can we double up? And then we went to 45. So when I saw that 45, I was like, okay, this looks like something that can be done. So it was a trial and error in the beginning, and this is with no funding, was knocking on various doors. So the, 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 the funds I would accumulate from my architecture job, I would filter it into the, the music. So I had to deny myself of a lot of things. You know, I remember there was mm-hmm. one time where I only had two pairs of shoes and I was working in a very great job. You know, I was working at Book and Run and Partners, but whatever money I was making at that job, I, you know, I was helping um, the members get to rehearsal. You know, I was helping to book rehearsal space for like four hours, you know, helping to get a, um, a pianist or a small piano. So it was, it was those things that, um, you know, were, were the building blocks of what Anchored Sound is right now and also potentially what it's going to be. You're an amazing young woman. I want to ask you, has the COVID-19 pandemic affected you and your orchestra? Because I know the the arts in, in general have really yeah. taken a big knock. It has, but I also think the, the great thing now, it's like, you know, um, COVID-19 has disrupted the way we think or the way things are done because um, you can imagine how we cannot meet now. The theater spaces are closed. The concert um, spaces are closed. Even, um, you know, even shows that we were looking at collaborating with mainstream artists from the deep house scene, you know, the hip hop scene, those events are, are cancelled. But the great thing about this is, you know, when when the lockdown started, I think two weeks in, I was looking at how my fellow, um, you know, musicians were doing things overseas. So you saw how there were digital concerts. I think it was, I don't know if it was the Berlin Philharmonic that started, but I remember seeing the Berlin Philharmonic on Instagram and just thinking, wow, this is actually great. And the innovative thinking of saying that, okay, if let's say COVID-19 is part of our life, how do we, lives rather, how do we move as musicians and as creatives? How do we filter into the digital space and still able to, to reach people without having to be um, in contact with them? So, 
for me, yes, I know there's a lot of shows, you know, a lot of um, potential collaborations or partnerships that got destroyed. But the, 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 the great thing or the, the positive thing that came out of that is just thinking and collaborating even um, creatively with my other friends from Berlin and uh, other countries just to see how we can create a platform in which the orchestra sphere does not die. You know, classical music does not die. So at this point in time, currently we're working on um, looking at creating some a project where we can, you know, create stuff digitally and then have like a digital concert. So those are conversations that we are having right now. But I don't believe in looking at things that are challenges and then crying over them. So with COVID, I only cried like maybe the first week. But then after that, I was like, okay, what are we doing now? You know, how do we move from this? Um, So because even crying and, and, and... Yes, crying and looking for government is not doing this. Government, it's it's not going to get us anywhere. So for me, it was creating links and looking at um, what is working for other people and how they are moving and and trying to move according. Of course, we are a music radio station, Classic 1027. So I think it's time to take a listen to some music. And you've chosen um, The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. So let's take a listen. It's winter from The Four Seasons. That was Winter from The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. And that was the choice of my very, very special guest today, South African conductor and musician and architect, Offense Pitse. Before you go, Offense, there's a question I've been asking all of my guests here on Classic Lunch this month. If you had one piece of advice for the women of South Africa, what would that be? Um, don't limit yourself, I guess. You know, it, it's, it's not really a, a large paragraph that I would say. Don't, don't, limit, don't limit yourself and um, impossible is nothing. Those are the basic things that move me as as a young woman. So I would um, say that as well to 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 the other women in 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 the country, even in the in the entire diaspora. Mm, thanks so much for joining me yeah. here on Classic Lunch this afternoon, Offense. You really are the most remarkable young woman, and I wish you every success for your future because I know Thank you're you. going places, and I really Thank hope I get to much. meet you in person and watch you in action sometime soon. Soon, very soon, actually. Thank you. That was South African conductor and musician Offense Pitse. Remarkable lady.